this NBA free agency recap and Damian Lillard chamber trade request episode of the NBA gambling podcast on the sports gambling podcast network is brought to you by Circa sports Circa sports is back with your Circa survivor and Circa Williams contest $14 million up for grabs. Get all the details at circasports.com. Welcome, everyone, to the NBA Gambling Podcast, part of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is Monday, July the 3rd, currently 104 on the East Coast, here to discuss the NBA free agency and the signings that we saw uh, over the weekend as uh, free agency kicked off on July 1st. And also, we'll talk about the Damian Lillard trade request. I think there has been some news that has dropped right before we got on. I'll try to get updates on that. But joining me here to break it all down, uh, you guys know him as the tennis guru. It's a huge week in tennis as Wilbertson kicked off this morning. It's Scott Studio. Rachelle Scott, 20 to 1 isn't a bad uh, weekend, my man. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, Eubanks came through for me, which was nice. Uh, Wimbledon officially started today, so hopefully we all make some money going through the tournament. But, of course, here for basketball purposes, I know Delonte's been busy prepping some summer league stuff, but unfortunately he's going to have to save that for another show. This is a free agency episode, but still, I'm looking forward to recapping the news. A lot of insane amounts of money going around, and unfortunately for me, genetics did not let me be about five six inches taller so now i actually have to work for a living also joining us the, the man's a sicko he's uh deep diving into summer league right now he's breaking down the rosters hey he's gonna try to find you money maybe we'll touch on it briefly at the end of the episode depending on time but lante smith lante summer league kicking off my man you excited yeah man uh, i'm very excited for it uh looking forward to the games kicking off uh, well, uh tipping off in about like two hours so uh, yeah, looking forward to that and uh, looking forward to breaking down some of these contracts and um, I guess moves that certain teams are positioning themselves to make. So look forward to breaking that down with you guys. Yeah, I mean, like uh, like Scott and Lante mentioned, we'll, we'll kind of go through, maybe go team by team and then maybe at the end we'll kind of do a winners and losers type of thing on who we thought had. Uh, the most significant signings to improve their rosters to, you know, not only maybe get into playoff contention, but also maybe make that championship run. And then, like I mentioned, we'll also talk about the Damian Lillard uh, trade request officially um, after X amount of years uh, that transpired over the weekend as well. So, um, guys, this is start with with the team that, you know, gave out the most money in free agency. That is my Houston Rockets. And there's been a lot of conflicting uh, opinions, um, at least locally and nationally as well, just because they gave up or gave the amount of money that the two players that they did give was number one, Fred Van Vliet. They gave the three-year $130 million max extension. Um, now, the third year is an option is what I read uh, from a local reporter who's in with their Houston Rockets. So the third year is a player option for Fred Van Vliet. And then the other signings that they did make, the big one, obviously, Dylan Brooks, four years, $80 million. Um I also got a note this morning from a friend that that one is also uh, incentive based. It may not obviously be the entire 80 million um, being paid out, but those were the two hot names that the Rockets were rumored uh, to sign in this offseason, along with Brooke Lopez. But they do get two of the three guys that they were targeting in Fred Van Fleet and um, Dylan Brooks. Um, Lance, let's start with you here, man. Um, we can talk about these two guys. And uh, I know I know you were in the camp of letting the Rockets young guys cook. I know they made some trades to make some cap space. They traded or uh, made some roster space, I should say. Mm-hmm. They traded away Ty Ty uh, Washington. They traded Garuba. They traded um, KJ Martin. And then they also ended up trading Josh, Josh Christopher over to the Grizzlies as part of the Dylan Brooks deal. But uh, what was your kind of reaction or thoughts about this trades? And maybe how does it may or may not, in your opinion, improve the Rockets uh, roster? Well, I would have felt a lot better about the Fred Van Vliet money if they would have got Brooke Lopez. But instead, I think that's kind of a high number for um, for Van Vliet, who barely can shoot um, 40% from the field. Uh, I think the Rockets guards, as constructed, are pretty much, I mean, set. And I, I'm one for, you know, you've got those young guys you've developed with, with Jalen Green, um, 
Uh, Tari Eason is coming along pretty good. Uh, Jabari is going to be what he's going to be. So I'm kind of like, uh, like on both sides. Uh, I can't pick a side uh, as to what I think about the the Rockets as a whole. But I mean, Van Bleet, like you mentioned, I think you've been saying it all offseason. Uh, they needed an adult in the room. They get that with Van Vliet, who is a proven Basically, he's a proven winner. I mean, he's he's won a championship, performed at the highest level. He's he was an undrafted um, free agent, worked his way to the top, so he can install some of that work ethic uh, in those young guys, and you know, be kind of a a vet for them. Uh, Dylan Brooks. I mean, I didn't mind Dylan Brooks, but at that price, that's kind of steep because I mean, at the end of the day, who is going to give him four for eighty? Uh, I don't think any of us can think of a team who would give him four for eighty. Uh, would have liked him to get a little bit less than that, but. I mean, it is what it is. He's outside of, you know, the the antics and not speaking to the media. I mean, he still is a good defender. Um, yeah. You know, he's, he's still he's still a good defender. Um, he, he's going to be attacking the basket at, at a high level. Now, the Rockets need some outside shooting. I don't think he'll provide that. But again, I mean, he's been on a part of a young team before. Uh, he's still young in his own right. But, I, you know, on this roster, he's kind of the um, the OG of this roster. But I mean, I like Dylan Brooks more than most, uh, especially on a defensive-minded team. Now, Eme is going to love him, probably. Eme is going to love his intensity. He's just got to cut out the antics um, or whatever. But on the court, I, I think he'll be fine. Uh, that's kind of a high price for him. Outside of that, man, I think, um, you know, I think Amen is the big loser uh, here yeah. because, I mean, he was – him and Jalen on the court together I thought was was going to be pretty special, especially with how they attack the rim and their athleticism. But now he kind of has to – I mean, maybe it'll be good, but, now, you know, maybe he has to develop a jumper, turn into a, you know, a spot-up shooter of, of some sort and use athleticism with the second unit. But, yeah, I thought Amen was the biggest loser, and I was the most excited about him playing uh, with the Houston Rockets lineup. Yeah, I know that um... – during the regular season, we talked a lot about how bad this Rockets defense was. Um, and from the things that I read and things that my you know friends were sending me here locally, that obviously Dylan Brooks, for the amount of money that they did pay, again, some of it is incentive-based. So I'll try to get those details, you know, maybe on the next pod that we do or kind of tweet it out. But um, he's obviously going to be that primary defender for the Houston Rockets. And like you mentioned, Lante, that outside of the antics and and what he says post-game or, or before the game or whatever, you know, the dances that he does, that – He's still a good defender. Um, now, is it warranted to pay him that much money? Uh, I was in the camp that I did completely didn't want him on this Rockets team just because he did live a sour taste in my mouth over the last several seasons, uh, especially in the playoffs uh, on, on, you know, on the things that he does say. Um, but again, if he just comes in, works his tail off, Udoka keeps him in check, and he plays good hard-nosed defense and doesn't jack up 10 threes this game, um, I guess I'm okay with it. Again, the theme kind of has been for a lot of Rockets fans and the conversations that I have with friends is that the motto is, let's see. Let's see what happens, right? Let's see what happens with Yudoka and how this roster is constructed. And another low-key signing that did make that kind of flew under the radar, they brought back another veteran in Jeff Green. He signed a one-year deal, about five, $6 million, to be another a guy in the locker room to hold these young guys accountable and maybe be another voice in the locker room for the Rockets. So, um for the Fred Van Vliet deal, the third year op- the team option, I think made a huge difference for me, in my opinion. Again, as far as guards go, I think that he's now the second highest paid guard, if I'm not mistaken. And the shooting roles have been a huge concern for Fred Van Vliet over the sa- past several seasons. Hopefully that's something that improves. Maybe he needed a change of scenery. We'll see what happens. Um, but again, the Rockets had $60 plus million to spend in free agency, and they had to throw money at you know someone. Now, that is... Fred Van Vliet, give him kudos for taking the most money that was probably offered to him by any single team. Um, and he took advantage of that. Maybe same thing with Dylan Brooks as well. I know there's a lot of uh, conversation after the season was over that he's probably going to end up playing in China, but um, he's down here in Houston now, and that's something that we're going to deal with. So I think a lot of the pressure right now is on Ime Yudoka on how he's going to, number one, play out these rotations and what the game plan is going to be for him for the upcoming season. But I think personally for me, if you know we're able to stay healthy, this could be a fringe play-in tournament team because obviously the young talent is there. You added some veterans. Now you have a great head coach. The possibility is there for sure. Uh, Scott, thoughts on Brooks and Fred Van Vliet and what it kind of means for the Rockets for this upcoming season? Yeah, I think the Rockets are one of the biggest losers of free agency, and I don't think it's really close. They're not the biggest loser. Uh, biggest loser is Portland. Shout out to oh, them. Uh, oh, it's but, a bigger loser than them, though, too. 
We'll get to that. Uh, it could be. Well, agree to disagree. I think Portland takes the cake because that Grant contract is next level bad. But anyway, I don't understand anything of what Houston did over the course of the last week and change. I understand the argument is they want some veteran presence in that locker room. But Houston had a bunch of young talent that you kind of wanted to see grow through reps. Your team's not going to be that good. And then they decide, you know what, let's give Fred Van Vliet 40-plus million dollars. Ironic, he's getting paid more per season than his shooting percentage in his career. So <laughs> that's kind of fascinating. Uh, but Fred Van Vliet, his entire career, by the way, is a career 40.2% shooter from the floor. I've been very low on Van Vliet. I think he's an extremely overrated basketball player. I know he was a pretty good facilitator last year, but still, I am not a fan of his game. I think, honestly, his best role is a sixth man because he won the title as a sixth man. But I understand as an undrafted player, good for him. He got paid a bunch of money. Uh, biggest contract for an undrafted player in the history of the league. But I don't think he's that good, and I don't think Dylan Brooks is that good either. So I felt like Houston had cap space and said, we got to spend it on somebody. Yeah. And they just overpaid for two veteran guys, which you could argue helps the locker room, maybe, but... At the end of the day, they just had a bunch of money and they spent it on two guys that really don't move the needle whatsoever. So I don't like what Houston did at all. I don't think Van Vliet's that good. You can argue for leadership, but we'll see. I, I don't think he's that good of a basketball player, though. And Brooks, I understand defensively he's good. Offensively, he is a chucker. I mean, let's just be real. Yeah. So I, I'm not a fan of what Houston did. I like the Jeff Green signing. Yes. I don't know why he went to Houston, yeah. but Jeff Green was a pretty interesting acquisition yeah, there too. Time. But I, I mean, I I really don't like what Houston did. Just simply put, I think Portland knows the biggest loser. Delonte has another one to mention. The Jeremy Grant contract is one of the worst contracts given out in a while because he can't stay healthy. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to fully pivot over to Portland. This Van Vliet contract's bad. It's not Jeremy Grant bad. Like this Jeremy Grant contract is significantly worse. Yeah, I think I'm in the camera. Then we can move over to Portland here because I think we spend a little too much time talking about the we're some of the worst teams in the league. But well, it's your favorite team. So yeah, I mean, why. yeah, it's it's my team. Um, that's money that uh, the Fred Van Lee deal. I think a majority of our fans would have rather given that to him than James Harden because James Harden. I mean, we've seen over the past several seasons that injury is a concern and that he's not really a leader. Um, in the locker room. And again, the offense would have just been more ISO basketball with Harden if he was on the floor uh, and who had signed with the Houston Rockets team. And yeah, I, again, I understand her just a hundred percent that this, this, the contracts, both of these contracts are, are not the greatest. And when we talk about money that's been being spent, that those guys are not worthy of it. Um, but again, like we mentioned, like it's it's that the Rockets just had to spend the money on someone, so or on a couple of players. So I love the Jeff Green signing. I don't like you mentioned, Scott. <laughs> I don't know why he did come back, but I'm glad that he did. Um, again, it might just be a voice on the on the on the sideline for for the Houston Rockets. But um, yeah, that's where we're coming out with the Rockets again. They've signed three guys. They also uh, ended up signing J Jock Lindell. Uh, I don't think we discussed that. I think that. Once that Brook Lopez returned to the Milwaukee Bucks, that what did he get again? Eight per? He got four yeah, it's about eight, four years, four years and thirty-two. Yeah, yeah I like one dude. I like yeah, him. yeah. I don't hate that. So um, yeah, they got some rotation pieces, got some veterans. Uh, we'll see how it all pans out. You guys mentioned uh, Portland here, um, Scott. If you want to continue expanding on uh, the Jeremy Grant deal, I didn't get when I saw the deal. Five years, hundred and sixty million dollars for a guy like you mentioned that is very often injured, maybe not worthy of this contract either, but now he's locked up. I don't, I don't see what the exact number was for the, for the guaranteed money, but again, just overall, this contract just wasn't very good, Scott. Yeah, so just to read off the amount of games that he's played for the last couple of years, played 71 in the 2019-2020 season. From that point forward, 54 games, 47 games, 63 games. They gave him $160 million, and the argument is for Portland, well, Lillard wanted them to bring back Jeremy Grant, and you thought, okay, maybe they did it because they wanted to keep Lillard happy, so they paid Grant all this money, and then Lillard demanded a trade anyway. <laughs> so I don't know why they even bothered giving Grant all this money. Portland, the more time actually spent looking at the decisions they make, they are easily a bottom three front office in the league. 
arguably bottom one. They might be the worst front office in the league at this point. The Wizards always took the cake for the last decade, but now it seems like Washington actually knows kind of what they're doing because they kind of cleaned house. I don't know what Portland's doing. The fans don't know what they're doing. Uh, They're lucky that Scoot fell into their laps, but I mean, the Jeremy Grant signing, that contract is one of the worst contracts that have been given out. And it was one of the first contracts given out too, Mm -hmm. but I don't understand it. Uh, Now the argument is, well, if they trade Lillard anyway, then eventually they arrived at the right conclusion, which was trading Lillard for picks and trying to rebuild. But can you really rebuild when you pay an injury-prone player $30-plus million for no reason? I figured they were going to let Grant walk, trade Lillard for picks, and rebuild the whole thing from the bottom four upwards. But instead, they kept Grant around, who's going to kill some of their cap space in general. And I guess the argument is you got to overpay guys to get them to stay in Portland. I don't think Portland wanted Jeremy Grant for 30 plus million dollars a year. So that is one of the, on shorthand, I could probably think of some contracts that could rival it, that could rival it. That's the worst contract that I saw for large amounts of money. That's an abysmal contract. I give Portland's off season an F. I'll give Houston a D, maybe a C minus, but Portland's getting an F. I mean, Portland's been atrocious this entire offseason. Uh, all right. Before we get over and continue this conversation, we'll get Lante thoughts on Portland. But um, I'm excited, man. It, it's the NFL season is approaching and we have a new sponsor on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. That is Circa Sports. Circa Millions and Circa Survivor are back. Derek Stevens, a friend of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. He's feeling generous. He's giving away $14 million in guaranteed prizes that are up for grabs between these two contests. Circa Millions, if you haven't played it, it's pretty simple. You pick five uh, five NFL picks against the spread each week. Each one you get correct, you get a point, you climb up the leaderboard. Circa Survivor, it's a little different. You just pick a different money line uh, pick every single week. Your team wins. They survived on to the next week. The last man standing pretty much gets that money in the Circa Survivor Contest. You can only enter in Vegas. Hey, who, never, who doesn't want to go out to Vegas? Spend a weekend there with the Sports Gambling Podcast. Uh, Sean and Ryan will be out there the last weekend in August. Make sure you sign up. And if you are out of state, you have to have a proxy to uh, have someone there to enter your uh, enter your picks for you. But you can get all the details at CircaSports.com. Uh, again, that's circusports.com. Hey, I'm entering. And if I win, I'm going to throw a huge party on a yacht for all the guys on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. So everybody on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is invited to that party if I do win the money. But again, head over to circusports.com to get all the details for the Circus Sports and Circus Survivor Contest. Lante, you want to expand on the Jeremy Grant deal, man? Um, five years, $160 million. I think it's Really predicated on what Scott was mentioning that maybe Damon Lillard wanted him to stay there. They signed him for the amount of money, and Dame a few days later is like, oh, uh, I'm out of here, guys. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think I said this um, maybe like during the, the brink of a free agency, but I thought that Dame having them in this kind of mind game Jedi thing kind of screwed them to, to the offseason because, I mean, one minute he wants to go, one minute he wants to stay. I want to see what you guys are going to do. And now he's completely out. So there was no I mean, clear it, mindset for, for the front office going in, but that's yeah, also their yeah. problem. Yeah, no, it, it is. It is their fault, but it's also, I mean, I guess they want to have some respect for Dane for, you know, what he did for the franchise. But at the end of the day, man, you gotta, you gotta be better than this. You knew that Dane was, didn't want to be a part of, it, especially when you couldn't move the the third pick to get, you know, some contenders for what Dane wanted to, to see. Uh, in order for him to come back. But the Grant deal is it, horrible. I mean, he put up a lot of empty stats on, on the Detroit team. He's probably going to do that in Portland if, he's, if he stays healthy. Um, yeah, I mean, I had no idea what Portland was doing in the draft. I have no idea what they're doing now. Um, I'm excited to see Scoot and Shaden, you know, be able to put up like 20 shots apiece. But um, outside of that, man, I just I have no words for, for what Portland is doing. And I'm not even sure that they'll be able to get back a decent haul for, for, for Lillard. I mean, he wants to go to Miami. Are they going to, you know, I guess fall to his knees because he wants to go to Miami. Miami doesn't have the most attractive uh, haul for Damian Lillard. So it's going to be interesting to see. I mean, 
I like their core with uh, Shaden and uh, and Scoot. If they can get you know some draft picks and move off that Nurkic contract, which I think they're probably going to have to do um, in order to get some other guys to come back to them. Mm-hmm. Um, and Nurkic deal is horrible also um, for a guy who doesn't play. So uh, I got to get him off the roster. So uh, outside of that, man, I mean, Port- I had no idea what Portland was doing from the beginning. Uh, I felt like they were in limbo with Dame, and that caused them to be even worse than than what they were. I think it was telling for me that during the draft, they didn't trade that number three overall yeah, to get yeah, another all-star thinking, superstar yeah. player next to Dame. I think then yeah. Dame would have been like, all right, even if it was, I'm throwing a name out there. Let's just say it was for a guy like Paul George, that type of caliber player, or or a guy that you know Damian Lillard, you know, is good friends with and is a great basketball player as well. They, you know, you bring in a secondary player like that or another co-star with Damian Lillard, then Damian would be like, all right, you know, you know, I'm gonna stick around here. Um, but again, this this franchise, like you know, Scott mentioned it, Delonte, you mentioned it as well that. They're just they don't know what direction they're going in. And again, it's now they're gonna have to make a complete overhaul. And de- depending on what they get back for Damian Lillard, whether it's draft capital, whether it's you know a a up and coming young superstar player to pair, pair with Scoot Henderson, whether it is with you know Shaden Sharp, Shaden Sharp and uh, Shaden Sharp and uh, Scoot are gonna be very exciting. You're 100 yeah. correct about that. Yeah. That's gonna be a front backcourt uh, to watch out for the upcoming season. So, I think that's the main problem that I kind of have with Portland though is that I agree that they needed a full overhaul. And once they actually made the third selection for Scoot, you knew that at that point, okay, they're clearly going in a younger direction, so they're going to trade Lillard. But if you're going to complete overhaul it, then why would you pay Jeremy Grant? That goes yeah. against every single thing this new yeah. plan is suggesting. So that goes yeah, back right. to your point. They have no sense of direction. But once you took Scoot, who also plays the same position as Dame, you kind of knew at that point that, all right, well, if we're going to take Scoot, that means Lillard's probably on his way out of here shortly. Mm-hmm. So then why would you pay somebody $160 million when your team is probably going to be rebuilding? Yeah, so my my question to both of you guys is what uh, what would you theoretically want for, for Dane? Like what, what direction are you going? What do you want to get like a, you know. Draft picks. At this draft picks. Yeah. You don't want any players at all, like a, like a tier, like a tier C-level type of player. Um, to come in or no? Well, it depends who they trade him to. Because truth is, Miami really doesn't have many. Yeah, they don't have. Options. They don't have anything. They're gonna have to have a third team. They're gonna have to have. They don't have yeah. anything. I mean, Hero's not gonna. Hero Robinson. Oh, there's rumors Hero might go to the Nets because they needed a third team for the trade in the first place, and Hero wouldn't even be going to Portland. Yeah, uh, and also like the who has the most aff- attractive uh, trade package for Damian Lillard? I think Miami's probably at the bottom of that totem pole. I think uh, Toronto does. What do you Pelican's think about Toronto? Maybe. I don't know. What yeah, but if like Toronto, Toronto, if they like again, like the, the whole thing we're confused about, and that's why we're here. We're talking about is that we don't know what direction Portland wants to right, go. Right, like, that's that's my main question. Yeah, right. Like, like so, if you're trading to Toronto, then you have to throw in a Pascal Siakam yeah, Pascal. or that, OG. Right? They're yeah. not yeah OG. Yeah. They're not going to throw in uh, Scotty Barnes because he's yeah, part of their no. future there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, we already saw Sixers said that they're not extending Tyrese Maxey. If I'm not mistaken, if that's what I read. Is Philly, uh, Philly a possibility that you throw in and start a trade package around um, Tyrese Maxey and then have him paired up with a Shaden Sharp or Scoot Henderson? Maybe that creates a long jam in the in the backcourt for them. But I think I'm with Scott. I think it's all it's draft capital for me, number one. And then if you have a young player or two that you want to include in that trade package that is attractive to Portland. Um, I would go for that. But again, we're talking about Portland here. They might just fumble away this trade. And maybe, you know, we'll see a similar trade of what transpired for CP3 or Jordan Poole type of deal. But uh, I mean, look, we're on the subject of uh, Portland here. So we might as well just talk about the trade request. Obviously, we talked about it with Dame. Lante, let me start with you. The destinations that have been talked about, the rumor has been um, Miami. Philly has been in that conversation. I think Scott's Brooklyn has also been mentioned as well, but I don't think that's a place that Damian Lillard wants to go because he does want to compete for a championship. Uh, so I just think, to be clear, the Nets are involved because they would be the, the third, third team, team yeah, to send 100%. Lillard to Miami. I'm not saying okay. Lillard's going to Brooklyn. I'm saying Brooklyn no, no. might be involved as the third team. That, yeah. that was my point. So it seems like the two teams right now is Philly – and it is um, in the Miami Heat. And we just talked about the trade package from the Miami Heat may not be very attractive as far maybe, as... Maybe New Orleans if you want to throw them in there too. Yeah. Who knows? 
I mean, what do you guys think, Scott? Let me start with you. What, what, which team makes the most sense for a guy like Damian Lillard right now between the couple of teams? And if there is another team, like you mentioned, maybe New Orleans is another team. Maybe send it back with CJ McCollum. What do you think? See, as a Nets fan, I experienced this firsthand with Durant last year. There is such a desire for franchises to remain loyal to the guy that wants to leave their franchise by sending that player to the exact destination that he wants to go to, which doesn't make any damn sense, by the way, because if you're running a business, get the best offer you can. And yet for the Nets, it kind of worked out because Phoenix gave them four first round picks and Bridges turned out to be really, really good. And Cam Johnson's been good too. But in this case, if I'm Portland and Lillard, I know Lillard's been arguably the best player in franchise history at this point. If he wants to go to a team that has no real desirable assets for me to get back in return, I'm not trading you to that team to make you happy. Like, I don't understand the thought process. You're trying to run a business. And you can argue, you know, it's not right because you're treating the player poorly. He's leaving your franchise. Try to do the best you can to keep your team from being irrelevant for a long period of time. So it's definitely not Miami. I think Miami's got an abysmal trade package that I think Portland's going to end up accepting anyway, to be honest. I think he's going to end up going to Miami. Philly, if Maxie's truly available, that's better than anything Miami could offer. I'm a big Maxie guy. I don't think Maxie's available, to be honest, but I do think we're going to have to wait and see. But when you're looking at all the different packages, Toronto's the best package. If you want to talk about Siakam being a realistic option to get back, New Orleans, maybe if Zion's on the market, but I doubt, and I doubt Portland wants to even get into the Zion business business at this point. So you don't have many options. So I think trading lowers harder than you might think because you feel like you're going to be losing the trade anyway because the teams that can make a move forward don't have the greatest pieces to give back to you. Toronto has the best pieces, but there's no way they're sending him to Toronto because they want to make Lillard happy because he was that important to the franchise. I think he's going to Miami. I think it's going to be an abysmal return for Portland. And this team's going to be bad for a long time. Lante, uh, trade destinations. Uh, man, so uh, Ramona Shelburne uh, reported that he is a big fan of the Spurs uh, culture, oh, so, so to say. So um, I don't know if he just put that out there just just to put it out there, but I mean he's not obviously not winning the title there. But it's not many places that he can go. How much help team. does Wembenyama need? Yeah, I mean, I mean, God, you have Kelvin Johnson, Jesus. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, so my thing is, it's only about four, what, four or five teams that if he's on that he if he gets traded to, they they're instantly uh you know, like competing for a championship. I mean, I think yeah. that's Boston, uh, Milwaukee. Uh, I mean, you know the Lakers, but they they can't get them. Uh, just I'm just going by like realistically, like I don't think the Boston Bo- get them either. So. Now Boston can do. They haven't they haven't signed Jalen Brown yet. They can do something with it in theory, for, but I I, yeah. I don't see that happening. So I then mean, again, I, I, I understand the point you're trying to make. Sorry. Yeah. So Brooklyn, Brooklyn. I mean, if he goes to Brooklyn. I mean, what are they like a five C, six C? They're, they're not. Yeah, they're not contained for I, lo- I love acquiring $60 million per year players to be a five seed in these right. conference. And I mean, favorite. Philly, if they get rid of Maxi, I mean. Are, are they really in much of the same, I mean, a, a different spot? I, I don't think so. They're not winning um, anyway. Yeah, a place that I would love to see him go and that has the pieces and a person who has the balls to do it is, is Balmer with the Clippers. Like, I think they got a bunch yeah, of young pieces. The they, got, uh, they got Paul George to, to throw at them. Um, they got a bunch of great young players. I mean, they can throw in Norman Powell. They got uh, a couple of young guys that they just drafted, uh, Jordan Miller, who's really uh, like a – He's like a not a three and D guy, but he has the potential to to, to get there. Um, Terrence Mann's been linked to about five. Yeah, Terrence Mann. The uh, they have a decent amount of uh, of players, so that's a team that I'm surprised is not like higher up on that list. Um, especially they just brought back Westbrook for for pennies on the dollars. So um, I think they have a, a decent amount of of pieces to be able to do it. And I think Ballmer opening up that new arena um, in Inglewood. I think Dane. If you put Dane. And Kawhi on the court, I think that's an instant, instant uh, title contender. Uh, of course, if it's help, help prohibited. But yeah, I think the Clippers is an interesting destination uh, that not a lot of people are talking about. Now, is he going to go to Miami? I mean, pro- he probably will. I mean, at the end of the day, they're going to try to appease him and, and get him to where he wants to go. It just shows good faith and has, you know, when the players are up to come to Portland, they're going to remember, oh, they took care of Dame. So if anything happens, they'll take care of me. But 
I think he should try to get to the – well, not he, but I think the Clippers should try to make a move for him. I mean, they have the most interesting package, I think, in the NBA. I don't think anybody can rival what they can do with a proven player in Paul George, some young assets, and I'm not sure if they have many picks, but they can throw in some some picks or some swaps or whatever, uh, maybe add a third team and, and get some more picks. So I think the Clippers is an interesting destination for Dane. Yeah, I agree. I think there was uh, uh, the James Harden deal uh, or – uh, he opted into that player option, um, but now they're trying to find a trade for James Harden. Uh, and Clippers were one of the teams that were were linked to the Philly and James Harden trade just because of the assets that they do have to make a trade. But obviously, Dame Lillard at this juncture of his career is a um, is on another level right now uh, as far as where James Harden has been dealing with the injuries over the past several seasons. Um, all right, guys, before we continue the conversation here, um, let me tell everyone about Underdog Fantasy. Best Ball Mania 4 is here. And Underdog Fantasy is giving away $15 million in prizes. Underdog Pick'em is also a great way to get down on your favorite MLB and NFL season-long player props. So many different ways to win over on Underdog, and Underdog is available in so many different states. Head over to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN for a 100% deposit bonus of up to $100. Again, that's underdogfantasy.com using promo code SGPN. All right, guys, any other thoughts on uh, Dame? Um, Scott, anything else we want to mention for Portland overall or Dame overall? I don't think Portland's worth my time, to be honest. <laughs> Lance, anything else? No, man, get him to the Clippers. That, that'll be a great uh, – they can get a great haul. Uh, Do we all agree, Clippers. though, that he's going to go to Miami because that's where he wants to go? I think so. Mm, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Maybe I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I think I'm. I think I'm a zag there. I don't. I, I, don't, I think I don't, there I don't, has to be a three-team deal for him to end up on Miami. Right. But I if you're going to make it work, but, if you're yeah. an Eastern conference team, do you really want to help Miami get Damian Lillard? The Nets might get Tyler hero. So I don't really care. Like that, that's a pretty good consolation yeah. prize. His little brother, his little brother just committed to South Carolina. It's going to be a good get for uh, your Nets in uh, 2028. Scott. I'll keep that in mind. If we have our own <laughs> picks in 2028, <laughs> maybe uh, Lante, you mentioned there's another team that you thought that had the war or even a worse free agency. I'm curious where you're going to go with this. Yeah. Portland was really, I feel like most people's biggest loser. We, we got a guess here, Scott. Let, let, let's put it for us. So well, I, I got, two, I got two, I got two teams, but I got one two. that I'm really, that, that I'm really worse than Portland that really? I got that I'm really down on. Two, two, two teams I'm really down on as far okay, as I'm going to guess. Yeah, Chicago because they see. paid Vucevic again. Yeah, I mean Chicago. Yeah. I, I don't think they're, they're even worth talking about. Yeah, not not Chicago though. Not Chicago. Okay, that, I thought that was a an underrated guess. It, it is. Um, is it? It is an Eastern Conference team. Both of them, I think. Yeah, both of them Eastern Conference teams. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess. I'm gonna guess Cleveland. Yeah, Cleveland. Oh, because they paid Struess all that money and. Bro, look, I, this is this and, is one of my things. I I think so. Before you um get to the other one, I'll just expand quick, uh, real quick. So yeah. Cleveland, they have a, a big issue. I think Donovan Mitchell is probably going to want out of there by next summer. So by this time next summer, yeah. I think he's going to want out. I mean, they're not building anything around that roster. You signed Karis LeVert back, who was a complete ghost in, in the in the playoffs. Um, you don't have wing dip. Okoro is is there, and you insert him back in the lineup. He's supposed to be a three and D guy, but more so just defensively is is where he hangs his hat, and he couldn't do anything offensively. You're playing two. You're playing two offensive liabilities when it comes to um, Allen and and Mobley. Mobley is better offensively, and I think I have more faith that he'll get better offensively. But Allen, I've been complete... low on Mobley offensively for a while. Yeah, I think he'll he'll, he'll get there. He'll get there. The um, point is, he's still he's still a work in progress. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the end of the day, he is. But Jared Allen is way worse. He 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 doesn't even look yeah. at the basket unless it's a lob. So again, and now you sign Max Struess, who I like Max Struess. I, I really do. I think he's a, a good piece for them. But again. I mean, do you really want to trust him on a court with, I mean, not Lila, with uh, Garland and, and Mitchell? You got three undersized guards in the Eastern Conference that's dominated by guards and wings. So who's going to guard who? Like, who are you going to have to guard? Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, um, you know, R.J. Barrett to a lesser degree. Like, some of these bigger wing guys, Mikael Bridges, Cam Johnson, like, some of these guys, I don't know if they are capable of, basically uplifting their roster. And I thought, you know, Niang is, I mean, Niang is fine, I, I guess, but he, he can shoot. But, again, what are you accomplishing? I feel like Niang and Struess are the same player. Um, they they both have similar upside. Uh, Niang has a little bit more size uh, to him to be able to be better defensively. But 
I didn't like anything Cleveland did, um, especially signing Levert back. I, I thought that was a big loser. They wasted a lot of their money on two of the same players, uh, in my opinion. I didn't really like their moves either, but I was so focused on the high-profile names that were signing elsewhere. I didn't fully, you know, group everything. Cleveland I mean, just, did. yeah. Look at look at their look at their roster. It, 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 it's a really bad off. It's yeah, a really like, bad off season. Like what what are they what are they doing? Like and and you got a chance with with Mitchell Garland and Mobley to actually you know do some damage in the East. I mean, that's three high level players. Mobley being a defensive anchor, they probably move off of Allen. Um, I mean, you would have I would have loved for them to try to go and get a, a, a wing or two, maybe even three. I mean. They need winged it. We saw what they were, it were what uh, New York was able to do to them in the playoffs. I mean, pretty much bullied them, um, and that was Cleveland style. They usually played the more physical. So yeah, I, Mitchell Robinson killed their right, entire front court. Right. So I, I didn't like I didn't like anything that Cleveland did at all. It felt like Cleveland completely overreacted to what happened in that Knicks series because the main story that I noticed during that series was nobody on Cleveland could shoot. And now they just invested yeah. in a bunch of three-point shooters who really yeah. don't do anything else besides shoot three-pointers. Right. So now they're just going to be have some liabilities on defense to try to improve the spacing. But it doesn't change the fact, though, that as a whole, they don't have many options offensively you can create their own shot. So right. Cleveland, I think, is a pretty fair call, actually. Um, I did think Portland was worse just because of the fact they're also going to be losing Dame. And Dame, of course, is a superstar player, but I yeah, get but they the got, point. Yeah, the thing with, with Portland is at least they're getting something back. They're gonna get yeah, something. They're gonna get. They're gonna get something back. The Grant contract is horrible, um, but I think they more so did that to appease Lillard, and then he hit him with the oh, yeah. I'm gonna be out of here. But anyway. Cleveland's gonna go from a four seed that lost in the first round to arguably a four seed that lost in the first round. The same exact, or, or maybe, or maybe worse because the maybe East is worse. better. Yeah, yeah, the East is better. And and again, did they watch Max Struess play in high leverage situations? He was good on occasion, like once, yeah. a, once a series. Yeah, but, but but for that money, I, I need him to be better than occasion. I need if they play be... Boston eighty-two times in a season, you know, maybe he'll do pretty well. But mm-hmm. I uh, I don't ask though. So since you have Cleveland as your first team, who's the second team? Toronto. You see what Toronto did? Eighty. Well, the Schroeder to... contract's hilarious. Yeah. Eighty million story. to to Pirtle. He's your he's your what at best like fourth fifth best player. Dyer, which and... contract's worse, the Dylan Brooks or the Jakob Pirtle? No, I th- I think Pirtle's worse. I I, I really do. The Pirtle one's tricky because I think Toronto butchered the trade deadline last year when they should have traded half their team. And instead, right. they were buyers at the deadline to lose in the play-in. But they kind of had to pay Pirtle because they traded assets to get him during the offseason. So they, they were already invested. What? Didn't they trade a first-round pick for him? That's what I'm saying. It was some cost fallacy. You can't yeah, trade a first-round pick the Spurs, and then right? not bring him back. Yeah. So yeah. Toronto had a brutal offseason, too. Yeah. The Schroeder contract just makes me laugh. That's, that's, just, that's, uh, that's like, so funny. I feel like they're in the same space as, as Portland to a certain degree. They don't know what they want to do. Um, it's I mean, Pascal and OG have been linked to being traded since last offseason. So, yeah. I mean, they got to do something. They don't, ha- they don't have a point guard. Scotty Barnes regressed in his second year. I wasn't really big on, on Scotty Barnes like everybody was. Um, in his rookie year, but again, you, I mean, you draft Scotty Barnes, Lante, put some respect on his name, and yeah, so I, <laughs> I, 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 uh, I, I like Grady there because he adds shooting, but again, you don't have a table setter, Van Vliet's gone. Um, Pirtle is Pirtle, so I, I don't want to make it seem like I don't like Pirtle, I do like Pirtle, but for that number, I think that's I think that's pretty big when you could have got somebody. I mean, who was going to pay him 80 million? He's fine, but they're in purgatory. Know. I mean, they're not right. going to be bad enough to tank, and they're not going to be good enough to actually do anything of note. So they're just stuck exactly. In no man's so they're, they're in that they're in that four they're in that five hundred range, and I think that's the worst range to be in. Ask the Chicago Bulls and the Washington Wizards. That's the worst place to be in. I just, I think I think uh, Masai's had a brutal year and a half, and nobody's really talked about it. Well, really after. Well, Wait, sorry. sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, after drafting Scotty Barnes, I don't know if I've agreed with basically anything that he's done the entire. I would have traded OG already for three first round picks. Yeah, I think that from the things that I've read, I mean, this again, this is it's all here say that the asking price for some of the players on Toronto from uh, Masai has been like through the roof. Like, it's unbelievable. Uh, what How he's did asking. they keep Van Vliet? I, 
I don't had know. they keep all these players, your team was going to be like, they, they should have traded half the team at the trade deadline last year. I think Masai has been brutal for the last year, but he built up a reputation because he got quiet and they won a title. But still, uh, Toronto, I can agree with Cleveland's been bad too. Those are fair uh, losers to mention as well. So, yeah, I mean, more so Portland is just like, I mean, even though the, the contract is bad for. Um, for Jimmy Grant, they're going to get something back. They're going to get a haul back for for Lillard. At, at, well, at least that's what that's what they should. Now, again, yeah. we've seen people get like basically fleeced before, but again, I don't think they're going to be that dumb to to not get decent value for um, Lillard. But with these other teams, I mean, they're in no man's land. Like like Toronto, what what do you do? Like you, yeah. I mean, the market is kind of settling down, so you can move off of certain people. But some, you know, some of these rookies and second-year players are, are developing well, so they might w- not want to take a chance on Siakam or or OG. OG's hurt a decent amount, so uh, again, I don't know what they're going to do. Cleveland, I just don't like their their backcourt dip and, and what they did with Allen. They're probably going to move off of Allen, which they should. Okoro should probably be gone. Lavert, I have no idea why they extended him at all either. So, uh, just for the landscape of their roster right now. I, I think that Cleveland and, and uh, it, I mean, Toronto got worse, whereas Portland was already bad. The contract is bad, but they're going to get something back is, is my main say. It might've been worse for Portland because they were the first team to give out basically a massive deal. The entire right. That's agency, a Timothy Moscow. So Timothy Moscow. Remember the Lakers gave Timothy Moscow that all money time. The, all the time. First deal. Right there. Yeah. First so deal. the first deal is always oh, yeah. going to look four years. <laughs> 60, <laughs> 60, yeah. Yeah. That's, Bro, that's the tone for everything else. So Portland yeah. going first made it yeah. look worse, but yeah. it, I think you put together a solid list of teams that can compete for biggest loser of the off season. It's it's a fair two, but yeah, I think I we can agree a, on the. I think we agree on the four. Yeah, right? I mean, I don't have a problem with anybody saying Portland. I don't have a problem with it. I'm just just going off of how I look at you know the, yeah. the team landscape. And again, Cleveland was the four seed, and throughout the throughout the season, I think they were flirting with like top three ish um, with uh, Philly and Boston. Um, they just had a, a spurt down the stretch where they I were hanging they lost, around with Milwaukee for the division, right, and where they lost Garland, and they they had some some things go uh, bad for them. But again, you got a chance to elevate in an Eastern Conference who's getting better. Um, not not touching the West, but they're getting better. And you decide to do that with your roster? I don't yeah. get it. That's that's, that's all right. That's but, enough negativity, guys. Let's uh, yeah. <laughs> get over to some teams that. Maybe won free agency or made some significant moves, uh, maybe not significant moves, but moves to keep them in contention or, you know, improve their roster for a playoff push or even make them a playoff team. Uh, I think one team that maybe not a lot of people are talking about that I thought had a great um, or kind of just retooling the team was the Lakers. Um, there was a lot of rumors throughout the offseason or going back to last season that the Kyrie, the Linked, being linked to Kyrie Irving, uh, we heard about Dame last summer as well. You know, adding a third superstar, but they really got some depth on this uh, team around um, LeBron and AD. And obviously, that again is a team that's it's contingent on health, because number one, we know what Anthony Davis is is that he does get he's he, he gets hurt uh, more often than not, and now LeBron is getting up there in age as well. And we that see that kind of transpire after they did win the championship, uh, that both those guys have been on and off the court for the past several seasons due to various injuries. Uh, but if you kind of take a look at some of the moves that they did make, the biggest name uh, that was um, obviously rumored of either re-signing with the team or leaving was Austin Reeves just because of the season that he did have uh, and how much he did improve for uh, the uh, L.A. Lakers. Now, I'm very curious – Oh. I know that meme that goes around from the past several seasons on what LeBron kind of said to Austin Reeves at that moment, and he just kind of made this, like, what the fuck face. I want to know what LeBron said to Austin Reeves at that point because everything kind of changed after that. But um, they re-signed him. They got Rui Achimura back, who was really good for them in the playoffs as well. Uh, A hot name that we had talked about during the playoff run for the Miami Heat was Gabe Vincent. They were able to sign him to a three-year, $33 million deal. Uh, They got D'Angelo Russell back. So I thought, and I think they also signed uh, uh, Jackson Hayes as well. Um, that gives them some, some front court depth as well. So I low key thought the Lakers did a really good job in this off season, uh, sorry, in this free agency to kind of retool this roster and uh, have actual depth pieces 
around uh, LeBron and AD. Uh, Scott, thoughts on the Lakers moves? Yeah, I think they were one of the winners uh, of the free agency period. I wouldn't have potentially brought back D'Angelo, but maybe that's just because of how bad he was at the end. And if the argument is the main competition you're going to have is the Nuggets, then you probably shouldn't bring back the guy that was unplayable in the entire series. So I'll have fun taking his PRA unders again uh, if I have the opportunity. But (laughs) for the sake of the offseason, I thought the Lakers are one of the bigger winners are they good enough to win a title? I don't know about that, but at least they address some of the concerns they had for their overall roster. I still don't think they really have a backup center. Jackson Hayes is still a very slender guy. I don't think he's big enough to be a backup center. So that could be one spot they could still use. They let Bomba walk. He barely played. If I'm not even sure if he did play for him, but still. The point is the Lakers I thought were one of the winners involved. I don't think that they really made themselves a guaranteed title contender, but they're a top five, top six team in the league. They made the Western Conference Finals last year, and they got better. So I will give the Lakers props. I'm with you. They were one of the winners. I'm not sure if they were the biggest winner, but overall they signed a lot of people and potentially can maybe get over the hump. I'm skeptical but they're in a spot where they potentially could get back to the finals, in theory. Uh, Lante, you want to talk about the Lakers, and then if you want to uh, throw out a team that you thought won free agency. Uh, yeah, so I thought the Lakers had a, had a good um, free agency to start. Uh, they filled some needs. I was weary of the, the Rui deal, kind of high for, for my liking, um, but I guess you know he'll go in to have a full offseason and he'll be able to – to learn with those guys instead kind of, of balanced in. out though. They overpaid Rui, but they underpaid Reeves. So kind of just right. Yeah. That, that's the biggest thing, man. I, I can't believe, I can't believe nobody, like nobody even tried to offer Reeves more money. Um, but I think there may have been a team out there. Maybe we just don't they know. Did. It, he but, just preferred to go back. Yeah. To the just Lakers. be in LA. Like, yeah. I mean, you're in LA, you're playing with LeBron and yeah. you're Title just in California. So I don't think yeah, that, that was, that was my thing. But still, yeah. I mean, from, undrafted and you somebody throws you 90 million i mean that's a lot of money to go you know and get more shots be be the man be more of the man but again everybody isn't built to be uh that kind of player so i mean i thought that was a very very uh friendly deal i love the vincent um love the vincent signing he's a perfect lebron guy perfect lebron guy spot spot up and shoot it he can take you off the dribble runs well in the pick and roll um, and I mean, I'm not a Jackson Hayes guy, uh, but you know, he is lengthy, long, he'll, he'll be able to, you know, when AD's out for you know, extended periods of time, he'll be able to come in, run the pick and roll, uh, run the floor, block some shots. But I really like Castleton. Um, they played Castleton, they, they drafted Castleton or signed him. I'm not much, I think they signed him, not drafted from Florida, right? From Florida, yeah. yeah. So I think, I think he'll be a big piece going down the stretch. He's a big, uh, he's a big guy, I think he's like seven, two. Um, I think he led the nation in block shots back-to-back years or top five, top ten at least, and block shots. So I think he'll have a great chance to play um, back up behind AD. He's got a good feel for the game, good offense, good touch. Uh, he runs a pick-and-roll well. So I think that the younger guys are better. I did not like the the Cam Reddish thing. Did not like that at all. That guy's been bouncing around yeah. more than golly. Yeah, I mean, he's just – I have no idea why. I was I was out on Reddish at Duke, so I was on the right side the entire time. The yeah, argument I, is you're not paying him anything. He yeah, might I get, get caught halfway through the year, but I'm yeah. not a Reddish guy at all. Yeah, I get that. And then uh, Adilo, I mean, it's it's whatever. I mean, I, I think they'll probably end up moving him um, during the like during the season anyway. So I'm not really – I'm not really like as down on that as some people are. I mean, he did some things well in the regular season, shot the ball extremely well in the regular season. I think they'll probably up his value and likely move off him in the uh, the middle of the season. I, I like our young guy, like Christie, uh, Max Christie, Maxwell Lewis, who can really shoot the ball. Uh, I don't know if you guys seen that clip they made. It's just like a minute and a half of them just shooting the ball, making every single shot. Like, I don't know if it was, you know, like altered or whatever, but they like, Maxwell Lewis can really shoot it. And I, I like Jalen Hushafino. I think he should be the, the starting point guard. Um, I know I'm higher on him than most, but 
I just feel You're pretty good. You're that fan club. Yep. Listen, listen, man. I lo- love well, love Jalen Indiana in the second half of the year. Love Jalen Hushafino. So. Look at look at his numbers in, in big games. Like when they play big games against good competition, like other NBA guys, he was extremely well as a freshman. And he wasn't even supposed to be like the guy. I think uh, Xavier Johnson got hurt, and he just like was so good. He ran a he ran an NBA style offense with Mike Woodson. Uh, played with a big Trace Jackson Davis who has now he's not AD, but he has a similar skill set to what AD can bring um, to, to the floor. So I like Jalen Hushafino a lot. I think the Lakers did a really, really good job in, in free agency. I still think they need another center, uh, but yeah. for now they address most of their concerns. Ka- watch Castleton, man. Castleton's going to be good. Castleton's going to be good. I think he's going to be good. Walker Kessler 2.0. Um, yeah, really. really Lante, good. you want a uh, um, team that you well, thought won free agency? or the? Well, you know, I mean, it's, fan of it's not – yeah, it's not sexy, but I mean, I think Milwaukee, um, they, you know, they kept those guys and that's what you need. You wanted to yeah. keep those guys. You kept Brooke, you kept uh, Middleton. Uh, now, I think it's some other things that you've got to address. They did get Crowder back, right? Was Crowder back? Yeah, but I mean, yeah. he wasn't much of a factor there, was he? Yeah, but Crowder I think back or was he so injured? They lost Ingles, so that I guess was the trade-off. Yeah, he went to but. Magic, yeah. Yeah, but I think that... Uh, Having a full offseason, he'll he'll be implemented a, a lot better. But I mean, I, I know it's not sexy. I think them and the Kings, they they just the stability, keeping those guys together. And Milwaukee, we all know that with Giannis on the floor, they're automatic title contender. Um, they can't play any worse than what they played in, in that Miami series. So I think they'll come back hungry. Um, I would love to see them get a little bit more shooting um, outside for that second unit. They, they did lose Javon Carter, which was pretty big, a uh, pretty big loss in that backup Chicago, goal. Yeah, yeah. So. Um, I think Milwaukee is a winner simply because they just had the stability to keep those guys back together. Because if they lost Lopez or Middleton, then I think you know that window was closing at, at a rapid rate. So I think Milwaukee and Sacramento uh, for keeping their teams together. Uh, a lot of people were down on the the Barnes thing. I mean, it's it's just whatever. I mean, I think Barnes is fun. Uh, he just had a bad series. So I think those two are my low key winners of uh, free agency so far. Scott, do you have a team that uh, you were a huge uh, fan of their signings? Uh, yeah, I think as a whole, the Clippers are going to still rely uh, very heavily on Kawhi and Paul George's health, which is not going to go well, just full disclosure. But for the sake of what they did this offseason, they really didn't have any cap space, and they somehow had the best contract signing of any team. You're telling me Schroeder is getting roughly $13 million a year, and they got Westbrook for four? They're paying Westbrook $4 million. Like I, I was low on Westbrook last year, partly because he hasn't learned anything about his mistakes and how he's not the same guy that he used to be. But it was mostly the contract yeah, and how bad the contract was. You're paying Westbrook $4 million a year with all the money that's going around. Dylan Brooks got 20 I don't think Dylan Brooks is better than Russell Westbrook. Jacoberto got Westbrook, 20 Right, I'm and, and Westbrook played well in the playoffs when Kawhi and PG was yeah. out. Yeah, yeah. He, he was terrible in the closeout in the elimination game, but who cares? He was good before that when he was by himself in that series. But still, I got to give the Clippers props. I like KJ Martin too. I thought he was a yes. nice pickup for them, yeah. uh, relatively cheap. But it was mostly just being shocked. I'm reading all the contracts. Bruce Brown's getting twenty plus million dollars. Uh, Dylan Brooks got twenty plus. Schroeder got thirteen or so. Westbrook got $4 million a year? For the signing alone, i got to mention the Clippers. I think they did a great job for their limited cap space. There's an <clears throat> under-the-table check that's being handed by C. I'm sure there is. But <laughs> $4 million a year for Westbrook is a bargain. Yeah, that's a good – listen, man. They're going to get Dane. They're, gonna, they're probably going to flip Westbrook into Dane. Watch. Last uh, one that I did want to mention, the brand-new team on the East Coast, the Villanova Knicks. Dante DiVincenzo ends up on the New York Knicks. Uh, now he's paired there with Jalen Brunson, Josh Hart. And uh, it's funny if you follow Josh Hart on Twitter, he, he he's uh, tweeting at uh, Mikhail Bridges. Hey, bro, pick up your phone, man. But um, I think that's another good piece for the Knicks to pick up. I think they're now, again, we've been saying this for, I don't know, the past five series, five years, maybe the past decade. Now they're probably now a superstar player away from being a, maybe what, a top, four team uh, in the Eastern conference. Um, there's still definite moves to be made there. I know Julius Randle, man, is not going to be your top guy, but,
But the Jalen Brunson deal is now looking more and more genius by the New York Knicks of what they gave him last season. You brought in Josh Hart. They exercised that $13.2 million deal, and you also signed Dante DiVincenzo to a four-year $50 million deal there. Um, Obi Toppin, not there anymore. I think he signed with the Pacers, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but they got his brother, so they, they, they don't, they don't okay. matter. They traded him to Indiana. Yeah, they traded. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so they look, they look, looks like the Knicks are uh, on the right trajectory here, um, kind of forming this team here. But did you guys have any thoughts on uh, the Knicks and uh, Dante DiVincenzo or anything else we want to throw out there before we uh, close out this episode? Uh, Scott, I'll start with you. Knicks improved. They're not going to win anything as long as Randall's there, so they're going to have yeah. to wait it out. But for the most part, they're going to be a solid Eastern Conference team, probably a ceiling of a second-round elimination. But they have a couple of good glue guys. Brunson's good. But Randall, as we know, will always vanish in playoff games, and he's still on the roster. So, yeah, I think the Knicks are going to be relatively similar to last year with a little bit more depth and offensively late in games they're still going to be really ugly to watch. So I don't see that much changing, but I like DiVincenzo as a player. Yep, yeah, I agree. Um, Lante, uh, yeah, any other, yeah uh, go uh, about the Knicks and the, any other team you want to mention that I'm going to give you the floor about five minutes to anything you want to get off about summer league here. Uh, yeah, I didn't like I didn't like the the Dante signing to be honest, especially for that number. Right, that's a high number for for it's a decent amount of money for a guy that's kind of similar to Josh Hart. Yeah, it? he's exact. He's exact. He's exact same as Josh Hart. I mean, he's just a better athlete. Or Grimes. Yeah, they have like, a so, lot of those guys. Yeah. So my thing is, they they got they got quickly Grimes, um, quickly Grimes, Divincenzo Hart. Hart, and Brunson. So, so who, who's who's going to play? Like I mean, what, I, th- how I think gonna... IQ might get traded, but that's a separate story. But we'll see. Yeah. What so yeah. my thing, I mean, I, I like Dante. Don't get me wrong. Like, but again, I would have liked for them to get another wing, um, and you know, give some, give my guy RJ Barrett some help on, on the wing, Scott. God. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, yeah. I mean, I like Dante. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, kind of high for my liking, and, and I feel like they got the same player, uh, somewhat. So. Yeah, no, uh, that's about the only other team that I think the Bulls were trash. The Bulls were trash. I thought Kobe White should have went somewhere else. Um, their backcourt is just as jammed as anybody's um, with Carter, uh, Kobe, uh, DeRozan, and you know, yeah, that, they're just a mess right now. So unfortunately, not Lonzo because they got the official ten million dollar save from the. Oh, they did. This, yeah. Uh, okay. So because- did they? Re- they released him. No, they kept oh, them, but they, like they're applying for the ten plus million dollar player exception because he can't play. Yeah, I think he's done. Like for for, I'm not sure he's ever going to play again. Yeah, I'm not, yeah. I don't think he's going to play. I, ho- I hope I'm wrong, but I, that that just the reports and reading that that don't look good. There but his brother, team, his okay. brother just got two hundred and sixty million, so he'll be fine. Yeah, th- there's one team that I do want to talk <laughs> about briefly, which I'm not going to yeah. spend much time on. But if I'm if we're going to talk about the Clippers and the Lakers and what they did. I got to talk about one team that a lot of people are praising for the offseason. I feel the same exact way I did before. The Phoenix Suns, I they signed a bunch of guys to the minimum. Yeah. Every, they're overreacting every sign that the Suns made. And as a Nets fan, I really liked Watanabe when I watched him play for about half the year. He was a healthy scratch for the final two months of the season. And then he signed with Phoenix and everyone's going. I can't believe they got Watanabe. What are we like? What are you talking about? But wasn't he, he like a really good like three point shooter? Yeah, he was. Oh, he was leading the league in three point shooting. Oh yeah, he, he's year. a great. He's a great shooter. That, that's the a KD. Is KD made that call? They're dragging yeah. out like Eric Gordon and Watanabe, and oh, they re-signed to, like Tory Craig, and everyone's like, "Whoa, Phoenix! What an off season!" I'm like, "What are you talking about? It's a bunch of league minimum players surrounded by four main guys." Like it, this is the exact offseason they were supposed to have. Yeah, I was not overly impressed by Phoenix. They didn't butcher anything, but everyone's giving them praise for some reason. I don't really know why, to be honest with you. I think Phoenix had a pretty standard offseason as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, it was just a lot of guys are coming in on the minimum, hopping on the you know the Beal, the Durant, and they the were Booker. just hyping up everybody. The Watanabe. I can't. Hey, I didn't. I didn't play I didn't for two months. Hey, man, I, I like Watanabe, man. I'm not gonna. I like lie him to as you. a player too, but he did. He was a healthy scratch for a month and a half, and everyone's like, I can't believe it. The Suns GM, what a genius! Unleash Watanabe this season. Unleashed. I'm getting a jersey, man. Give me the Watanabe jersey. I mean, I like Watanabe, but still, yeah. like it. 
And they lost Lindell. That's a loss too that they couldn't yeah. they couldn't really deal with. But I, I like Base Dia. I like Base Dia. Okay, think, he was he was Still. good. For, he was good for the Spurs. Like qual- is, like I, quality minutes. He he was really really good. I don't think Phoenix had a bad offseason, but people kept trying to group them in the winners like section. That eight plus one. <laughs> yeah, I'm not I'm putting like, the winners sure section. I'm not sure they had that. an above average offseason, but it was still towards the mean as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I'm not sure yeah. about that. Uh, Lante, uh, we have NBA Summer League kicking off today. There are lines up on DraftKings, but you know we'll keep an eye on them. Maybe we could try, try to do a pod or two throughout the week, and and um, if the, depending on when the lines do drop. But the I think it's called the California Classic, if I'm not mistaken. That's uh, tipping off in Sacramento, and then we also have one in Salt Lake City before everybody hits the Vegas. But yeah. um, I know some of the rosters or the rosters have been starting to release. I know you guys did mention or Scott mentioned that. Pacers probably have one of the best uh, rosters going into the summer league. Uh, but do you have any uh, general thoughts you want to give uh, for the summer league or the at least the two uh, tournaments that are happening before we head to Vegas? Uh, so the main thing that I want to let people know is to if you are going to wager on this, make sure that you like are locked in to these teams and their updates because their roster is configured by basically what they're going to do in in Vegas. That's the big tournament and where you win a trophy at. The other things are probably just more than likely just warm up sessions because all the teams are, are not there. So you want to make sure that you know who's playing. For instance, Charlotte opened up six and a half uh, against the Spurs. And now it's down to three because I'm pretty sure Miller and a couple guys aren't playing. So different stuff like that you kind of look out, got to kind of look out for. It's kind of like uh, the NFL preseason. So be sure you just locked in to, you know, these teams, the the beat writers or, you know, just reports, knowing who's playing and who's not. And some of these guys are second year guys like Benedict Matherin's on their roster. He's probably not going to play the full the full thing um, like for Indiana. Um on the on the Spurs roster, I think uh, I forgot who was up there. Maybe Trey, not Trey Jones, wasn't up there. Um, but just d- different guys who were on the roster who just you know are not going to play you know throughout the full uh, summer league schedule. But yeah. um, just a few teams to, to bet on that that I like uh, going into. I like Dallas's roster. They got a electric backcourt with Mike Miles Jr. and Jordan Jelly Walker from UAB. They're going to be extremely fun to watch, and they got. You know, lively and Omax on the on the wing. You didn't um, actually Jay- let Hardy play a lot. Yeah, see, that's the thing. I, Hardy is another one of those guys. I don't know how much he's going to play, but he is on the roster, um, and that makes them even more dynamic offensively. Um, so I think they have one of the better backcourts. I like Denver. Denver has an extremely good roster. Um, a lot of shooters. Are interested to see what Jalen Pickett does. He's going to be surrounded by shooters with Strother, um, Hunter Tyson, and, and a couple of other guys who who didn't get drafted. Um, we talked about Indiana. I think they have a sleeper roster. Detroit has a really interesting roster. They got Hardy during uh, on the roster, which I'm not sure. Uh, I mean, Ivy. I'm sorry. I said Hardy. Ivy and uh, Duran on the roster. And I'm not sure they're going to play as much. So something to look out there. But they have an interesting roster. Um, OKC and Utah round out my top. What is it? One, two, three. Top six. Uh, OKC and Utah have an incredible roster. Uh, great talent on both sides. Um, I like to bet on teams who have good young talent and good veteran NBA experience guys coming back, like second-year guys. Like Charlotte has a good blend of that with Kai Jones, um, Book Knight, uh, Bryce McAllens, and then they have you know the young guys, Nick Smith Jr., Brandon Miller, um, Amari Bailey. They even got Leaky Black from North Carolina. Uh, so you kind of want to look for those. Uh, Is that a good thing? Defensively, it is. Uh, okay, I, I, just, he's one just, of my just, least favorite college players as an. Listen, Carolina just just remember what he yeah. did. if you if you want to know what Leaky Black's all about, go look at that Alabama game and what he did to Brandon Miller. Unreal, yeah. locked him up. I just but remember yeah. shooting numbers against Duke. So yeah, well, I mean, whatever. yeah, he, he's not he's not gonna shoot the he's not gonna shoot yeah. the ball well. He better he, not. That's all I'm saying. He, he better not he, shoot. He, he's gonna he's gonna uh, he's gonna defend. But yeah, man, you got to look at the roster. Just make sure you're up to date with, with some of this stuff. You don't want to get burned on um on some of these numbers. So. Uh, yeah, man, I'll be updating like I'm on Twitter for uh, summer league stuff. If you're interested in that kind of thing, if you're a sick person like I am, you're definitely interested in summer league. Hey, man, if there's betting lines, you know uh, our degenerate community is going to be betting on it for sure. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll again, uh, Lante, we'll keep an eye. We'll, we'll try to keep an eye on it. And maybe do like some quick pods 
uh, before the games start. Um, and then we'll also uh, we'll get in depth about uh, the Vegas Summer League. I know that starts. Yeah, on Vegas July is 7th. a bigger one. Yeah, yeah, Vegas Vegas is the bigger one. Yeah, so we'll keep an eye on that, and then we'll talk about some of the rosters. I know they'll be ha- having odds on who's going to win it and, and MVP yeah. and things like that. So uh, yeah, NBA definitely never sleeps for sure um all right guys that is gonna wrap it up for this edition of the nba gambling podcast a little nba free agency recap and then also you know the damian Lillard news as well as some um a little bit of content on uh nba summer league that's kicking off in salt lake city and in sacramento but scott anything else you want to mention before we do get out of here uh for the nba or anything else uh, not really. Nets are obviously going to win the championship. They signed Lonnie Walker, so they're ready to roll. Uh, but looking forward to the rest of the offseason. Should be fun. Still waiting on a couple of names, but for the most part, free agency is kind of done at this point. So yeah. looking forward to the summer league. Should be fun. Lante, anything else? Nah, man, I, I'm good. About to, uh, I'm about to watch the summer league for probably like six straight hours, so about to enjoy my day. There we go. Uh, make sure to follow Lante on Twitter at XXLanteXX. You can follow uh, Scott on uh, Twitter at Reichel Radio. Again, tune in to the, end, uh, the Tennis Gambling Podcast with Wimbledon uh, kicking off here on Monday. Uh, Scott, I'm sure we'll be dropping daily pods for uh, the uh, tournament there. You can follow me one, on – One per round. Yeah, That's there we the go. Point. Um, follow me on Twitter at SportsNerd824. If you haven't already, subscribe to the YouTube channel here for the NBA Gambling Podcast and follow us on Twitter at SGPNNBA. Uh, we'll be back later this week, talk some more NBA stuff, uh, and look out for us then. Till then, good luck with your bets. Let's break these books off and let it ride. Basketball, give it, give it, give it the ball because I'm going-